0: You're listening to this osteopathic life. This is Dr. Amelia Beaky. I'm honored to share with you conversations for the health of all things. In these special episodes, I am joined by guests on the show to explore how the osteopathic concept presents in their lives and learn about their personal and professional stories. Ranging from osteopathic physicians to those familiar with osteopathic treatment to those associated with osteopathic medicine in a variety of settings. These conversations provide new perspective on lighting the way for the path to best health. Please note that while I am a physician and may interview other physicians, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice.
1: Welcome back to Conversations for the Health of All Things. This is Dr. Amelia Vicky, And today I'm joined by Dr. Erin Mayfield. She's a lifestyle medicine physician and retired gynecologist. She has started a lifestyle medicine practice which will deliver services to patients through a telemedicine platform so they can access care in the privacy of their homes. She practiced OBGYN in the suburbs of Atlanta, the Covington Conyers area for about 30 years and relocated to Pensacola, Florida in 2018. Thanks so much for being here with me today.
2: Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Beeky. It's really a pleasure to be here. It's quite a privilege. Thank I you. I enjoy your yeah. podcast. Oh yes, oh, I love no. your podcast and I love your work in neuromusculoskeletal medicine and osteopathic medicine especially. It's awesome. Yes.
1: We have so many common threads. I'm excited to see how they come through here today in the conversation. Let's start with your story into medicine. Can you tell us how that began and continued?
2: Oh well, yes, it was fun actually. So uh, we grew up in a community that had an, a lovely DO presence, and we even had our own osteopathic hospital. Mm-hmm. So our family docs were DOs, and it was really those community physicians that mentored me and were my role models to go to osteopathic medical school. So I saw how they handled patients, how they really emulated the tenets of osteopathic medicine, where you treat the whole patient you recognize the significant contributor of musculoskeletal injury and disease and that the body has the capacity for Mm self-healing. So um, I love that. And I love the idea of having osteopathic manipulative skills to help patients when I got out, which is something that at that time the MDs didn't have. Mm -hmm. So um, so I just, I'd like to mention them three men, especially that, um, mentored me because they were so progressive at the time. You know, in the 70s, women didn't go to medical school. Mm -hmm. No women went to nursing school. But these men supported me and encouraged me. And um, and I'll always be grateful for that. So uh, our family doc was Dr. Leonard Gladstone of Canton, Ohio, and Dr. Stan and Harry McDonald of Bolivar, Ohio. So they're just lovely people. And I miss them a lot. So important. And you may
1: recall the opening episode of this osteopathic life came at the time of the passing of one of my mentors in osteopathic medicine. So I think it's so important to honor those who paved the way and supported
2: us in that progress. Thank you for sharing those memories. Yes, well, thank you for allowing me to share. I mean, the early days of osteopathic medicine are really precious to me because we felt like a family and we were small enough. And our students had to travel so many different locations to get their rotations in that we, it, it promoted that family feeling and that cohesiveness in the profession. And I am hoping and I think that that continues on today. Yes, absolutely. Growing numbers,
1: but trying to keep those connections alive. So important. Uh-huh. Yes. So where did you find
2: yourself in the medical school? So then I ended up going to the Ohio University School Graduated in 84, did a rotating internship, fell in love with delivering babies, and then did an OBGYN residency. Practiced OBGYN in the uh, Conyers-Covington area for almost 30 years with a practice full of lovely women. I really miss them a lot. But mm-hmm. needed to move with my husband to Pensacola. He got a new job, and um, we settled here. I applied for a Florida license, and it took quite a long time to come through. In the process of waiting for that license to come through, I slipped hiking, completely mm-hmm. tore my right rotator cuff. It was just blown up mm-hmm. and, um, had to have a surgical, had to have surgery. And then I had a six month rehab and lots of time to read. And that's when I discovered lifestyle medicine.
1: Oh, wow.
2: Lifestyle medicine is just my passion. I love it. And it just fits with osteopathic medicine so well, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's, um. To me, it's the most pure practice of medicine today where we go back to uh, recognizing the fundamentals of lifestyle that actually promote health and wellness. So in fact, the six pillars of lifestyle medicine are are the fundamentals of of a healthy life. So we've got whole food, plant-based eating, avoidance of processed foods, eliminating meat and dairy which drive inflammation. Of course, exercise as medicine, mm-hmm. uh, stress management, us, uh, healthy sleep and loving relationships. And of course, avoidance of risky substances like alcohol and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So, So we know now that 80% of chronic diseases can be prevented, arrested or eliminated with lifestyle change. And um and it's it's amazing to imagine that we could eliminate 80% of chronic diseases in our country all because of lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. So things like heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, obesity, arthritis, many cancers are all affected by our lifestyle choices. So um so I was excited to learn about lifestyle medicine. I couldn't wait to complete the coursework and get board certified and start practicing. So here we are.
1: I love that. And I love how you see osteopathic medicine really coming through in lifestyle medicine and the tenets reflected. And I want to bring Uh up the osteopathic approach to removing obstructions, where we talk about manipulation and hands-on treatment. What do you Uh see as the obstructions to living into those pillars of lifestyle medicine? Because many of them, we know, right, they seem very logical and appropriate, but right, many of us are limited or prohibited either actually or in thought from doing them. So what do you see as the major obstacle to living
2: into those pillars? Well, that's a huge question, actually. And it was one that frustrated me when I was in practice as a GYN, because women would come in for their annual exams and we'd talk about all those things. I did all of those things in my practice. I t- always looked at their weight, talked to them about diet, how to make things better, sleep, stress, all, the whole package. And yet, a year would go by and they'd come back, and most women just didn't change, and I couldn't figure out why. Now completing the lifestyle medicine curriculum, I learned about coaching, about effective coaching and the principles of behavior change, which didn't exist when I was in school. So it was like a whole new world opened up and learning how difficult it is to affect behavior, behavior change. And knowing that, People need support to do that. So we need each other to help each other do that. It doesn't just happen on its own. You can't just tell someone, okay, go do this, and then expect that they can do it because it doesn't work that way. And they're surrounded in an environment with so many complex factors that may prevent that type of change. So so that's what we hope to do in lifestyle medicine, help affect behavior change by working with each person individually, understanding what their circumstances are that may be an obstacle into changing their lifestyle. And uh, yeah, so I'm very excited about that.
1: And what do you see as key resources for that? You mentioned community and support and other factors. Do you have partner organizations or certain framework you use? We think about structure and function to help those who are Mm -hmm. working on implementing these in their lives.
2: Well, yes, that's one reason I created my new medical practice because I wanted to reach as many people as possible with the time I have left on the planet. I mean, obviously my, my runway is not as long as yours. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I fell in love with telemedicine even before the pandemic and, um, and felt that the best way to help people affect behavior change was to create a group coaching practice where we could address all six pillars of lifestyle medicine in one spot. So we could have group coaching and lessons about healthy eating. You know, why there are some foods that are so bad for you, why they're so damaging. Talk about that in a group. Talk about the obstacles in a group as to um, what may hold you back from being able to make those changes. Uh, We have, um, we're offering exercise three times a week to help people get moving. Uh, We love working with beginners. I have a lovely Pilates instructor that can do that. We'll have a nightly meditation and stretch. We have a recovery meeting once a week. And we'll have communication classes and things like that. So I wanted to create a product where people could come and get everything in one spot Because I knew from working with women for years that when you start telling them to go here for this and go here for that and go to another place, it's very difficult for them to do that in this day and age when their lives are so busy. But they they may lose motivation to try to go to all these different places. So I just wanted to have a resource for people to come and get everything in one spot. They can tap into what they need they have access to us every day so that they can ask questions and we can help them on their journey. So that's our goal.
1: I hear in there the concept of unity as well. So we think about that in body, mind, spirit, but you're putting that forward also in the unity of the structure of your organization. And so who might be a person that would
2: seek your care? Oh my. We welcome everyone who is interested in, um, in losing weight, in exploring whole food plant eating, who are tired of feeling terrible, who are sick and tired of taking medications, who would like to uh, decrease their dependence on medications, uh, decrease their uh, medical costs, and basically feel younger and healthier. So um, I do have two years experience now doing disability exams, working with men and women. So we're perfectly capable of working with men and women. But really, anyone who feels crummy and um, is ready for a change, we're ready to help.
1: Excellent. And you mentioned this is a long standing thing where right? we don't just exercise once or eat good food once and stay well, stay healthy. What is a usual duration of the engagement with you? Oh, gosh.
2: Well, thank you for asking. So, yes, we've got an eight week course that we've got ready. And then people who finish the eight week course, if they'd like to continue working with us, they can have pay a monthly membership fee and have access to the cooking classes and coaching and exercise.
1: And you mentioned having had an injury that was the impetus, one of those sliding door moments for learning about lifestyle medicine. How did it help you in your recovery to have all this new knowledge?
2: As far as recovering from the rotator cuff injury?
1: Yeah, I'm just curious, as you were learning about this while your own body was going through the healing process, did you find benefits in incorporating lifestyle medicine
2: principles for yourself? Oh, yes. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> so in fact, really, I did. I, um, I have complete recovery from my rotator cuff. I had a spectacular surgeon and surgical team, and I had a fabulous physical therapist but I also stuck to my whole food plant-based diet, to the molecule, because mm-hmm. I was determined that I was not going to do anything to my body to increase the inflammation when it was struggling so hard to heal from mm-hmm. this. And so, um, and it worked. And I'm very blessed that it worked. But uh, within um, eight or nine months, I was back at the gym doing the full hit routines. I love my battle ropes mm-hmm. and <laughs> kettlebells and uh, oh skier yeah. all of it I mean it's just the only thing I really can't do is run but that's because I have old knees mm-hmm. but otherwise yeah I mean it's just it's just exhilarating really and um and I can understand how people feel after they have orthopedic injuries and what kind of pain it has it was my very first orthopedic injury mm-hmm. and quite a drastic one but um but I know the potential for change, and I know that people at any age can start to change. And I know that people at any age can start an exercise program. And one of the other things that I'm passionate about is um, not letting age define you. Mm-hmm. Now, I work out in a gym where almost everyone is under fifty years old, but I love it, and it's wonderful. and um and everyone can do that.
1: Yeah, that's so encouraging. And sometimes, Unfortunately, it does take living through it to understand. I know for myself, I had a pretty significant injury and never quite processed what it was like to be completely you know, bedridden or you know, un- immobilized yeah. by your physician's prescription. And mm-hmm. it gave me a, a totally different insight into the experience of my patient and power in that.
2: Oh, absolutely. You, you mm-hmm. mentioned
1: missing those patients from your OBGYN practice. Are any of them following you into this space? Have you had any continuity there? And also, how are you seeing that practice expand even now that you're in lifestyle medicine?
2: Oh, well, um, I'm just getting started with my lifestyle medicine practice. Mm -hmm. And so we're starting to let people know about it, but I really am hoping to reconnect with my girls so that I can work with them again. And with the community, support the community itself. Now, I love Covington and Conyers and there are a lot of wonderful people there. So, And I'm looking to, um, to support my new community too mm-hmm. in the same way, but it's a, wonderful, um, it's a wonderful resource to have medical licenses to practice in both states because mm-hmm. I can even reach people in rural communities that have no access to medical care. So we're, um, we're hoping for that outreach
1: also. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so many of those benefits that come through in this time. And as you look forward, where would you like to see your practice? Let's say in one year, in five years, what visions do you have for that? Oh, future?
2: Gosh. <laughs> well, I'd love to grow. I would love to create a platform that other physicians can use so that when they're ready to start their lifestyle medicine practice, or if they'd like to start a, a part-time practice, that they can tap into our platform and they can be the lifestyle medicine physician in their state. Mm-hmm. So that when patients are hunting for their own doctor, that they can go, oh, here's lifestyle medicine, Colorado, or here's mm-hmm. lifestyle medicine, Arizona. So yeah. I would love to see it blossom into that. That would be awesome because the more people we can reach out to, the better off and healthier we're going to be as a society. And we need that desperately. Yeah, that's so fantastic.
1: And if you think back, you honored your mentors in the beginning and saw the osteopathic tenets come through. What are you seeing as those strongest threads that have been woven through your practice? You know, we could say traditionally in OBGYN and now in this expansion to lifestyle medicine. What are some of the pieces that have really stayed strong with you through these 30 plus years?
2: Oh, gosh. It makes me teary-eyed to talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. You know, to know that I've been in medicine for 40 years and started taking care of patients as a nurse's aide when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think the most important thing for all healthcare providers and physicians to understand is how important it is to look at a person as a whole person, their own body and spirit. And it's important to love them from your heart and show them you love them from your heart and you connect at the heart level, and then magical things happen. And so those are the most precious memories for me working with my women. And um, I'm looking forward to that kind of connection with our new practice. I
1: love that. Thank you for sharing.
2: Thank you for asking. Yeah.
1: And can you tell us, where can people find you? Sounds like online. Is there also a physical presence or is everything virtual for you, which improves
2: that accessibility? At this point in time, everything's virtual. I think we'll really need to get through these COVID surges before we can look at having a physical practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love that, but we're not there yet. So um, the name of our practice is lifestyle medicine, wellness and recovery, LLC. The website name is the same lifestyle medicine, wellness and com. My email is uh, lifestyle.mayfield at com, And oh, we would love everyone to reach out to us. We also have a Facebook page, same name. So it's all consistent.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. I'll we'll put all those in the show notes and put those in our post when we put this episode out. And as we wrap up and we heard such a beautiful sentiment, but I wonder, I'll give you the opportunity to answer our official closing question as well. How do you see yourself for the health of all things?
2: It's my hope and goal to reach out to people, so that they can see that they have, that they can have this picture of total health, that they're not destined, their future is not determined by their genetics, but they have the power to change their destiny. And that's what lifestyle medicine has really taught me. Now, we don't have to sit back and just say, okay, this is going to happen to me because it happened to everyone in our family. We can reverse that. We can prevent it. So let's go ahead and gather and create the health of all things.
1: I love that. And what really came through, as you just said, that was we think about self-healing. And oftentimes we think about going back to the whole, you know, like healing back to where we were. But what I heard in the words you just shared that was so profound to me, is <clears throat> healing forward, right? Healing into something even more more than where we were. I love that. It's a really beautiful visual. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank thank you you so much for your work. Yes. So glad to finally be with you in conversation. And I do hope in a year we'll revisit this and we'll learn how your practice is growing and see that those platforms, it'd be so great to see them popping up all over the country and beyond.
2: Oh, that would be very exciting. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, same. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Osteopathic Life, Conversations for the Health of All Things. Please take a moment to like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you would like to be featured as a guest or know someone you'd like to nominate as a guest for an episode, please let me know at thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com. Visit the website at this osteopathiclife.com or visit me on Instagram and Facebook at thisosteopathiclife. Life. Thank you so much for listening.